You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 54 of The Music Room. This episode is entitled, My First Week of Virtual Teaching. All right, so we're going to dive right in. I am recording this podcast on the Saturday of the first week of my virtual teaching. I'll start off with the background of my teaching situation because in the last podcast episode with Katie, I kind of gave a summary of what that would look like. And then by the time that episode hit the airwaves, my situation had changed. So I am still teaching students who are 100% virtual, but in my last podcast, I said that I would be teaching two grade levels a week and then rotating to like a different set of grade levels. So I would be going live with two classes a day and then the rest would be asynchronous. Um, A lot has happened since then, but uh, long story short, first they wanted us to teach K to five the entire week, synchronous the entire day. We were able to tweak the schedule so that there are four CDL teachers in my district and two of us are K to two now and two of us are three to five. So I'm a K to two teacher along with another teacher named Ashley and uh, the other two teachers are three to five. And um, the reason we advocated for this is that we felt like, first of all, doing it this way, we will actually see the students for four weeks over the semester. The initial, why well, I guess I should say the second schedule they gave us um, that had K to five all day, every day, had us teaching a class for two weeks and then handing that same class off to another teacher for two weeks. And that didn't make sense to us. We would much rather have the same class for all four weeks just for continuity. So um, we were able to tweak the schedule so that we would have the same class for four weeks to really help build those connections and dig deeper into the curriculum and not have to worry about handing them off to another class and communicating about what you taught over those two weeks before giving the class to someone else. Um, So now I have each class for about four weeks over the course of a semester. And that's all day. That's like every day I see them for four weeks, but I'm only teaching kindergarten through second grade. So it just made it. And we, that's another reason we advocated for it is we said it would make it much easier for us to really do a better job to focus on those three grade levels and to be able to really collaborate with another person who's teaching those grade levels. So what that means is right now I'm typically synchronous the entire morning and then I'm asynchronous in the afternoon. And I'll dig deeper in a minute about what that looks like. Coming up in a, in maybe a month or so, I will be teaching a class at the end of the day as well. Um, so I'll be synchronous in the morning and then I'll have a class in the, at the, around 2.30 in the afternoon. So right now I'm teaching two first grades followed by two second grades. So first grade, first grade, second grade, second grade. They're about half an hour each. I do have a lunchtime in between two of those classes. So it's like first grade, first grade, second grade, half an hour lunch, second grade. And we're doing all of our conferencing over Teams. And then I'll meet with one class for a live video lesson. And there is another class that also has music at that time, but that class is doing an asynchronous lesson while the other class is doing synchronous. And then it flip flops. So they have two live lessons a week 
and two like pre-recorded, you know, lessons that they can kind of do it on their own time. What is really nice is they have a dedicated specials time. So they have a specific time of the day that they're either attending a live music lesson or they're doing their uh, lesson in Schoology, which is the platform, the learning management system that we use. All right. So what has been a challenge with this? So what I think kind of surprised me is that, you know, I love technology. And so I felt really good about the technology aspect of it. But I also didn't realize how much course design would come into play. I mean, I knew that it needed to look, you know, um, accessible and easy to get to. But when you're the person creating the course, and you're always the one looking at it, it's really hard to get an outside objective point of view. So there were some issues the first few days where First of all, like on the first day of school, there were lots of parents who didn't know that there was a live lesson or didn't know how to get there. Um, and I had sent an email to the classroom teachers letting them know, but I don't know if they passed that on to the parents. And it's the first day and they're, they're just getting used to Schoology and what that looks like. So I, I completely understand. So the first few days I had quite a few emails from parents and from teachers trying to figure out what was going on and where the live lessons were and all that kind of thing. So I did do a few things to make it easier. First, I went into my Schoology course and I just made it even more clear, like click here for the lessons, click the teacher's name on that day to go to the lesson or to go to the live lesson link or whatever. So I really tried to make it clearer. And I also created a tutorial walkthrough of my Schoology course so that anytime I received a question about it, I could just send that out. Um, and actually the questions have pretty much stopped, which is awesome. But I have the same group for a few weeks. And then when I get a new group of students, I anticipate I'll get more questions. So I'm really glad I have that Schoology walkthrough that I can just send if anybody has a question. And I, can, I also sent it to the classroom teachers so that they would have it. Um, so the first few days were a little bit stressful trying to deal with like lots of parent emails and classroom teacher emails and that kind of thing and tweaking my course so it was even more obvious where they needed to go. But we got through that and, and I think it's good to go now. What has been successful? So I have been collaborating with, like I said, another music teacher named Ashley who's fantastic. Um, she's just full of joy and energy. And uh, so that part of it has been awesome because we've been talking pretty much every day and, and helping each other through issues. And, and I feel like we really complement each other as far as what our strengths are. Like she sees big picture really well and I see details well. So I think we're um, a good pair that way. So Ashley had a suggestion a few days before we started teaching, she said, well, it would be really nice if we had some signs that like explained how to mute and unmute. And it was just like a nice visual for, for students. And I thought that was a great idea. And I was like, well, Ashley, I have so much clip art. Do you just want me to make some? And she said, yes, please. So I made some and actually, um, I will put a sign up in the show notes so that if you would like a copy of the video conference signs, you can just sign up with your email address, which just, uh, I send out weekly emails with, you know, blog posts and podcast episodes and tips about teaching and that kind of thing. So you would be signed up for my list, but then you would receive the video conference signs. And you can get to the show notes by going to mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com slash first week of virtual. First week of virtual, no spaces. So these conference signs that I made have been a game changer. I'm so glad I had them. I have like 
um, you just like fold them in half. So on one side, there's a microphone, you flip them over on the other side, there's a microphone with a line through it, just like it looks like in a lot of video conference platforms, we're using Teams. Um, and then like on another one, I have a uh, picture of a hand like it looks like in Microsoft Teams. And then on the other side, it's a microphone or it's a hand with an X through it so that students understand how to raise their hand. So that way, like when I call on someone, you know, let's say I've muted everybody, which is a great feature, and I need to call on someone, then I can say to someone, can you please unmute yourself, click the microphone, and I'll show the picture. And that has, especially with first and second grade, I haven't taught kindergarten yet, but especially with first and second grade, um, that's been really helpful. So I'm really glad we, that she thought of that. I, I just hadn't thought of that. So I'm really glad she thought of that. And I made those signs because both of us have really enjoyed that. I have noticed that asking students some questions has been helpful so that they feel like they have some input and that they have a voice. Um, not too many questions because then the, just like in a normal lesson, if you ask too many questions and, and students are talking too much, then it's hard to get through your material. So it's just that delicate balance of asking them a few questions. Um, like Ashley had the idea of after doing uh, BB, I think it was, asking students what their favorite animal was. I think we, we had done BB and grizzly bear. Asking students for what their favorite animal was and I showed them a picture. I shared my screen and showed a picture of me feeding a kangaroo in Australia, which I was able to do last fall when I uh, presented at a music education conference in Australia and explained about how I also held a koala bear. So just like, to, you know, for them to be able to see a picture of me doing something kind of neat and get to know me a little bit better. And then I opened it up to what's your favorite animal, which is not music related at all, but it's a way for students to have a voice and for them to tell me a little something. And that one did kind of turn into every student wanted to tell me something. Um, but I have kind of learned if I know I don't have enough time, I'll say, I would love for everyone to tell me, but I don't have enough time. I have to teach another class after this. So I'm going to listen to five people tell me their favorite animal or whatever, you know, so just having that ability to ask them some questions so that I can get to know them and also asking them questions about the material that I'm teaching as well. And then uh, one more thing that has been super successful is freeze dance. Freeze dance over video conference is amazing. Um, I printed out these statue cards from the Artie Almeida website, which I can link to in the show notes. They're just these free, fun stick figure statue poses. And I've used them with my kids before, but I printed them out. And then on another computer, because I didn't want to worry about trying to play music from my computer and them not being able to hear it. That seems to be a bit of an issue with Teams, unless you're sharing your screen. So I just had my other computer open. I hit play on it. And I used um, Eric Chappelle's Potpourri. He's got this, He's he's got several CDs. I think they're called Music for Creative Dance. And on each of the Music for Creative Dance CDs, there is a Potpourri recording. You can actually buy this on iTunes for like 99 cents. So you don't even have to buy the whole CD, although the whole CD is amazing. So I used Potpourri and what's great about Potpourri is it has breaks like our pauses built into the music. So you'll hear one kind of music and then there's a pause and then you'll hear a different kind of music and then there's a pause. So it works really well for free stands and just exposing kids to different kinds of music. So it's not the same piece of music the whole time. So anyway, I used that music. I had the statue poses and I had them, you know, scoot in their chair and find a good space where they can move. And watching 25 kids doing 
uh, freeze dance over video conference is like one of the greatest joys in my life. It was so awesome. So I highly recommend that if you're teaching virtually. It was really fun. Also, something that I have just been really happy about is the participation. I think the reason that I'm getting more participation, and this is kind of what I was predicting, but I wasn't sure, is that I am getting the students that whose parents or who that, you know, the students chose virtual learning or the parents chose virtual learning. They have decided, yes, I'm all in 100% virtual. And I think because of that, instead of being thrown into it at the last minute, like they were in the spring, they've chosen it. So they are doing their assignments. They are showing up for the live lessons. A lot of times I'm getting the entire class or close to the entire class, which just it warms my heart. It's just so great because it was kind of soul crushing in the spring, right? When we were spending hours and hours creating these lessons and very few, like four kids out of a class were doing them sometimes, you know? So that's been really great. I realized that that might not be the situation in every district. And if you are in person, then, then all of a sudden you're thrown into virtual. It might not be that situation either, but I was happy that um, for now I'm getting really good participation. All right, so I'm going to move on to what I've learned so far this week. I think it's helpful, and again, this was Ashley's idea, to have each other look at our Schoology courses just to make sure, kind of like a user design angle, to make sure that everything looked okay and it was easy to get to. So if you're using Google Classroom or using Schoology or something like that, I think it is helpful to have someone look at your course. Or if you're using Seesaw, it could be helpful to have someone look at your Seesaw activity and make sure that it you know, is easy to understand. As I said before, collaboration is key. It's really nice to be able to collaborate with somebody, especially someone that you get along with really well and that, you know, complements your strengths. But I honestly have never had this much collaboration time. And partly that was because we had two weeks at the start of the year to just have work days. And we had meetings on those days too. But just having like it an hour or more a day to actually collaborate, not only with Ashley, but the other two CDL teachers was amazing. I have never had that much time collaborating with any traveler or really any other music teacher. So it was really great for the three of us to be able to sit down and kind of talk through everything. Um, and you know, now that the school year has started, Ashley and I are touching base pretty often because we're both teaching the same grade levels, but like the four of us met on Friday just to hash out the week. And that was really great too. I talked about this great level of participation, but what I didn't mention is the first day I did have a second grade class that where only four kids showed up. And then the second day I did have a second grade class where only five kids showed up. And I think it could have just been the year starting and the parents not being sure about where to go. So a couple of things I did to encourage participation with those two classes, because the other classes were fine. But with those two classes um, in Schoology, if you use Schoology, you can go to a specific course and send a message just to that, the students in that course. So I sent a message just to the kids in those two courses that said, hey, I hope you're having a good day. I'm excited to see you today for our live lesson at whatever time. And then here's a link, you know, the link for the live lesson is in your Schoology Music course, but here it is just in case. And then I also added the live lessons as events to their calendar in their Schoology Music courses. And between those two things, I had over 20 with both classes the next time I met with them, which was super exciting to go from four to 20. 
Like I said, I think it was just a communication thing. So whatever platform you use, if you're able to somehow communicate with the kids to encourage that participation, if you're not seeing as much participation as you would like. I still think that even though this is virtual, relationships are so important. So I'm really trying to, as much as I can, get to know the students virtually. And some of that is just like through asking questions and I will be doing some flip grids pretty soon just to get to know them a little bit better. Of course, music curriculum is important, but it's kind of crazy the way this is set up because I will see my students uh, four weeks over the course of the semester. So eight weeks of lessons for the whole year if we're in school, in virtual school the whole time. But the people in my district that are in person are actually only seeing students once every 10 days because they're in a hybrid model right now. So it will definitely be a little bit harder for them to get through the music curriculum. So that's just something to kind of consider. Another thing too is that I have mostly students that aren't mine. I do have some of my students, but a lot of the students are brand new to me. So just trying to make sure that we're all on the same page and that we're solid with a concept before moving on to another concept. But, you know, I just keep thinking about what next year is going to look like, but maybe it's too early to worry about that because so much is unknown. And then another thing that I have learned is to uh, get good at muting. (laughs) So It's really nice when uh, video conference platforms have a mute all button because you need that a lot. And it's, you know, it's kind of sad because I want to be able to hear them sing, but if we all sing together, it's just going to be a big mess. So I have done some things which uh, I told Ashley about something I was doing by having students unmute and then on the count of three all roar together. And she started calling it the unmuting game. So I've done the unmuting game with a few different activities like after we sing Grizzly Bear, on the count of three, um, you're going to unmute and then do your best Grizzly Bear roar. Um, Or I was doing vocal exploration with the book Roller Coaster by Marla Frazzi. And I did like, okay, on the count of three, we're all going to do this. You know, we're all going to have our voices match this path of the roller coaster like this. And so on the count of three, we all did that together, which was super fun. And I have noticed that sometimes you unmute or sometimes you mute and a second later a kid unmutes and then you mute again and then a second later a kid unmutes. And I have given the whole spiel about how I do want your mute button to look like this. And I show them the picture of the microphone with the line through it. Um, I would love to hear you sing, but if we are all unmuted, it's going to sound really messy, you know, all that kind of thing. But still, sometimes I end up kind of doing motions with one hand while I'm muting with the other. Yeah. So, um, but it's been, it's been a fun adventure. How I'm spending my non-teaching time. So like I said, I am teaching synchronously in the morning and then I have the afternoon to work on uh, asynchronous lessons. So every afternoon after I'm done teaching, I have to download the videos that I've recorded in Microsoft Teams. So they want us to record all of our lessons. So I have to download all of those videos Then I have to upload them into Google Drive. Then I have to wait about an hour before they actually populate in Google Drive. And then I have to put all of those videos into Schoology so that if someone has missed the lesson, they can watch it. And that's a whole ordeal right there. 
I'm also um, downloading the attendance from Microsoft Teams at the end of every lesson, and I'm logging who participation, who showed up for um, each of the video lessons. And then obviously you have to look at the asynchronous lessons, which a lot of those um, are in Schoology, but through Nearpod, like I have a Nearpod lesson that I've embedded into Schoology. So I'm going into Nearpod and I'm looking at who's done the lessons and I'm logging those grades. Sometimes it's Ashley and I collaborating and working on something together, like creating lessons. We also have to create lessons for the following week, just like you would in the classroom. Populating the courses. Wow, that takes a really long time. So in Schoology, there is a way to link courses together, but what's confusing about my schedule is like I'll have the same four classes for like actually three weeks because we had a short week. We had two short weeks to begin with. So I'll have those same four classes, actually eight classes, uh, the same eight classes for three weeks, and then half of those classes drop off and I get I have the same four for another two weeks and then I add a new four, right? So that part of it makes it difficult for me to link courses because each class is on a different schedule. You know, one day they're synchronous, the next day they're asynchronous and then it flip-flops. And some classes I'll have for five weeks at the start of the year and some I'll just have for three. It's just it's kind of a uh, logistical mess. So just having to populate the courses, like it's taking me, I think about half an hour per class just to put in the lessons for the following week. So yeah, that part of it has been challenging. Just, you know, I really am busy the entire day. Emailing, populating courses, logging grades, logging attendance, downloading and uploading videos. So. Um, I, it was funny, I was talking to a first grade teacher who I taught with at my building, and she's also doing committed distance learning. They're calling it CDL in my district. And she said she feels like she spends half her time doing IT. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is a little bit different. It's not just about teaching. There is some IT with it as well. But that being said, I have really enjoyed it. It's just a different experience. Actually, in the next podcast episode, I will be interviewing Tanya and Carrie from Music Teacher Coffee Talk, and Katie will also be back on the podcast, and we are going to get into some more specifics about not just virtual teaching, but also in-person teaching and what that looks like and what our successes have been and that kind of thing. So we'll be digging not just into virtual teaching, but also in-person teaching. So stay tuned for that. All right, let's talk about what I'm consuming. All right, so my husband and I just got done watching, I think it's the first season of The Tick, which I think we did that through Amazon Prime. We have so many different services, but I think it was through Amazon Prime that we watched The Tick. And it's like a superhero show, which I I never really consider myself a superhero fan, but this has been really fun. It's like a humorous superhero show, kind of tongue-in-cheek. I think it was actually canceled after, after the first season, so I'm super bummed out, but it's been really, really fun to watch. And speaking of superhero shows, we actually also started watching the second season of The Boys, 
uh, which I've talked about before on the podcast. I forgot how intense it is. It is pretty violent. <laughs> so um, it's hard for me to watch really violent, intense shows, but that's okay. I, I do really like it. So I'm enjoying those too. So even if you're not a big superhero fan, I would suggest uh, checking those out. The Tick and The Boys. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast and have listened to other podcast episodes and have enjoyed them, I would love it if you did something a little different. Uh, Of course, you can always go to my show and iTunes and leave a review. I always appreciate that. But if you could send a text to a friend who is a music teacher who you know would appreciate the show, I would love that. Just text them a message that says, hey, you should check out this podcast episode or you should check out this podcast um, just to spread awareness of the podcast so more people can enjoy it. I really appreciate you listening and I hope you have a great day.